Now put me in a tomb. Uh, <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> That's not how you want okay. to Okay. I'm going to need you to dial it back. Okay. I'm going to need you to dial it back. All right. You're in um, denial. <laughs> I'm so excited. All right. We're just okay. going to skirt past that. Um. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Blair. And I'm Kirsten. And we are Mediocre Mediocre Content. And I don't have anything to talk about in the intro. I'm so sorry. What? What? Are you even a podcast host if you don't have anything to talk about in the intro? I feel like for the most part, we're pretty good at winging it. I'm drawing a blank, man. I, well, my cat just takes a chill in the yard. Your cat just chased a squirrel in the yard yeah oh well that's pretty neat and he like ran into the fence because he was going so he did not get the squirrel believe it or not fast as a boy (laughs) tiktok forever ruins me (laughs) i know that's the best one too it's so good at least he didn't escape this time no no he did not (laughs) escape this time uh he just wanted to go through the fence not over it he thought he could he really thought he could. Yeah, he thought he could. Mm, um, unfortunately, it did not go that way. <laughs> Wait, was this Jinx or Salem? No, it was Salem. Oh, Salem. You're supposed to be the smart. Well, you know what? He just didn't intercept the brain cell today. I That's don't all think it's <laughs> the smart one. I think Jinx think... is the smart one. I think Salem is the one who's like constantly curious and just like mm-hmm. down for whatever. And Jinx is the one that's like, I know what's really going on here. <laughs> he's got a good oversight on the situation. Yeah. And he's also super moody. Oh, so. sounds like cougar, but in male form. <laughs> it Truly. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same. <laughs> I feel like they'd get along so well. Honestly, Jinx is so funny, though, because he acts all like like he'll he finds his little places to nap and then we'll discover him mm-hmm. and then he'll just look up at us meow and then we pet him and then we stop petting him and he meows again perfect and then we pet him again and then i try to like pick him up or like you know take him with me to where i'm going he says no. and he gets all been out of shape <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the duality of cats my friend <laughs> right yeah Oh Salem is just dog. He, <laughs> I could literally just hold him upside down and he'd be cool. That's Lynx as well. Yeah. yeah. Wait, isn't um isn't Jinx the one that sleeps in your closet when he's not supposed to? Yes. Nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Good for him. Yes. He he is the smart one. He's also the one who jumps over the fence and then Salem follows. Because he doesn't have the brain cell. Well, and he didn't realize that he could do it. And Jinx is like, I, come on, we can do this. And Salem's Discovery. like, oh, I didn't realize that this was an option. But you know what he did think was an option? Running through it. Which right. Never and that's why Jinx Salem. <laughs> right. No, exactly. I love the confidence. He really thought. He really, he really thought. thought. He was like into it. He really you know wanted what? the squirrel. I love a confident man. What can I say? <laughs> right. Decisive, mm-hmm. concise. He's like, that's what's happening. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So mm-hmm. before we get started, yeah. um, 
we are not experts on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, if you come to here, if you come to here, if you come <laughs> to this here spot, <laughs> if you come here to get any type of advice, just don't. It ain't worth your time. <laughs> it ain't worth it. <laughs> Run right into a two by four fence. You don't even see it coming. <laughs> all right you guys know the drill if we don't know what we're talking about ever so really? just you know take stuff with a grain of salt and do your own research that's all that's, that's all. all we ask with um the, we that's all we ask for you to be a part of this community that just do it yourself everything. just do it yourself <laughs> fine uh would you like me to read the good news like this <laughs> no i won't do that won't do it that. would be quite an adventure if you did i mean i did it on twitch one time but that, that was fine. oh no <laughs> remember mom called me sandy cheeks so <laughs> uh, that's true you're right you're right okay i won't do that but what i will do is jump into the good news <laughs> great we're talking about food prescriptions today and you might be thinking what who would need a That's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> That's, I'm so glad. This is literally what I wanted to provoke. So this is fantastic. So every two weeks, people participating in a food prescription program in Stockton, California, receive a special delivery, a box filled with fruit, vegetables, and other essentials. The boxes are distributed as part of the Stockton Food Bank's Healthy Food Rx program so that residents with conditions such as diabetes, kidney disease, and high cholesterol can have access to fresh and healthy ingredients. Twice a month, the food bank offers cooking classes in English and in Spanish so recipients can learn new ways to prepare meals. Another successful program is in Solano County, where a mobile food pharmacy delivers crates filled with fruits and vegetables to health clinics. People who have diet-related conditions or food insecurity can turn in their food prescriptions for produce. Advocates want to expand these programs uh, across the state, saying that they not only improve chronic health conditions, but also lower health care costs and reduce hunger it is fantastic what a great idea i love this idea i I think more people need this in their life yes um Mm because i mean if you're diagnosed with a chronic condition like sometimes it's really hard to be able to like figure out what you need to be eating Mm -hmm. and you know have someone delivering supplies that's like half the battle And teaching you what to do with it, which, you know, it seems silly, like, oh, everybody can put together a meal. But if you have special dietary needs, that can be challenging. Right. And like figuring out qualifies as like what you should eat versus what you shouldn't eat. Like some things, I'm not trying to say that the food industry is misleading. It would never do that to us. (laughs) Certainly not. Uh, (laughs) But there are some things that are diet diabetic friendly and right. you know just they're just like ultra processed and like yes. not great mm-hmm. like will they increase your blood sugar probably not but like still it's not good food right and if you can get whole foods and learn how best to fix them in the way that your body needs to receive it power to you that's fantastic Done. yeah easy yeah. peasy so i think Love this that. is a great idea and even if it's not even like um 
you know, like this particular things, I know that there's some people that suffer from EDs that are also, also can be part of this program to better help them. Mm-hmm. So that's also huge. So now you have somebody who's essentially checking up on you almost, you know, regularly to check in, make sure all yeah. is well and getting, getting what you need to, to succeed. And um, when Kira says ed she means oh, yes. eating disorders sorry not erectile yes. just to clear that up everyone because <laughs> it's an abbreviation that has two meanings it I should not be, be a multifaceted <laughs> i didn't even think about that i I'm know gotta be wholesome i know and i knew exactly what you meant but then but i was like everyone. well they also use that abbreviation for erectile dysfunction oh my so. gosh i mean i guess if they want whole foods i don't to each their own. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, I'm going to move right along from that. <laughs> We're now going to discuss lizard skin, which is what I'm experiencing right now because I'm peeling after a sunburn. But this is different. <laughs> this is different. <laughs> Researchers have identified the cells that allow lizards to regenerate their tails and are hopeful that this new knowledge will help in the development of arthritis treatments, which is fantastic. Uh, So if you don't know, lizards shed their tails every now and then, sometimes because they're being hunted, other times because they're like, nah, I don't need it. But it will regrow in about two months with softer cartilage replacing the original bone. In a study published in August 10 in Nature Communications, researchers from the Keck School of Medicine at the University of Southern California, so two California reports, that's cool, uh, Mm -hmm. wrote that the discovered fibroplasts, which help build tissue, are the cell type that builds cartilage in the regenerated tail. They also determined that septoclast immune cells play a key role in preventing scarring. The dream is to find a way to translate that process in humans because they cannot repair cartilage, obviously. We cannot do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And uh, the team's discovery represent an important step because we need to understand the process in great detail, obviously, before we try to recreate it in mammals because that's very different and we are not reptiles. (laughs) A thousand percent, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Be very careful. I know some of you might... You know, she's a reptile, but she's not actually. So this could be bad. (laughs) Just tread lightly. (laughs) Yeah. So that's cool. I hope they make that link. um, (laughs) Do you? Sooner rather than later. Yeah. Well, I, because like from a arthritis and cartilage standpoint, Mm. that means less like knee replacements and hip replacements. And although we have truly, in my opinion, mastered the art of the knee and hip replacement. Yeah. Um. There's all these complications and is yeah sometimes necessary, but it at all costs. So it's, true. it's very true. So um yeah, that's the good news for today. Love that. Yeah. Love that. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about today is the Egyptian pyramids. We're going to talk about a variety of different kinds of pyramids today. You'll you'll see where I'm going with this in the second half. Um. <laughs> But to start, we're going to talk about Egyptian pyramids, the most common type of pyramid that I think most people think of mm-hmm. when they think of pyramids. Um, and they are just tombs for Egyptian kings. Benze. It's very exciting. That's how I want to be buried, just in a giant tower. <laughs> okay. We can make that happen for you. <laughs> Please. Yeah. What? Well- 
to be made out of? Uh, you know, nothing too expensive. I, I'm not made of money, you know, and it's expensive to die. So something, something small. Um, I can't do marble. It stains easy. I don't know. Does marble stain easy? Oh my God. Untreated marble. If you put something oh. like, if you get like the untreated marble countertops, you're doomed. Yeah. Doomed. Well, who does that? Do people do that? Is that a thing? We actually have friends whose parents are uh, very wealthy and they uh -huh. have marble countertops and you have to be extremely careful when you go in anytime you're helping prep or maybe you're helping mm -hmm. with drinks or something. Because if you if you even set a glass like and it has a sweat ring on it, done, canceled, you're out. Like, stay. I feel like that's a very poor decision. Honestly, does it look nice? Is it worth it? Does it look it, nice? It looks pretty, but I think it looks just as fine, completely sealed. <laughs> yeah, no, I would agree. Because it's porous is yeah. the problem. It's porous, yeah, so yeah. it sucks up everything immediately. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's a sponge. All right. Well, world, now we I know guess. what we don't want our pier <laughs> to be made out of. Um, Not marble. <clears throat> so, uh, Tombs of early Egyptian kings were bench-shaped mounds called mastabas. Around 2780 BCE, King Djoser's uh, architect, I, I Hotep, I, I'm Hotep, I Hotep. Nice. And I'm just going to blanketly state that I don't know how to pronounce any of these things. And I very much apologize. I'm doing the best I can. Um, okay, so <clears throat> King Djoser's um, built his first pyramid by placing six mastabas, uh, each smaller than the one beneath, to stack in a stack to form a pyramid rising in steps. Mm -hmm. This is called um, what is known as a pyramid, and it stands on the west bank of this particular one stands on the west bank of the Nile River at Saqqara near Memphis, and not Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> that would That's be not weird. what we're talking about. <laughs> that would be super weird. Walking about um, <laughs> Apparently, there's another part of like Egypt yeah. that is called Memphis. Um, like later pyramids, it contains various rooms and passages, including a burial chamber for the king. Um, and so this is very much like stacking blocks on top of each other. It's not like the smooth, like pretty, mm -hmm. uh, symmetrical pyramid that you think of um so this was like the first version nice. of that the transition from step pyramid to a true smooth-sided pyramid took place during the reign of king snefru founder of the fourth dynasty um which and the fourth dynasty is 2680 to 2560 bce um at medum a step pyramid was built and then filled in with stone and covered with lime a limestone casing. Hmm. Nearby at Bashur, construction was begun on a pyramid apparently planned to have smooth sides. About halfway up, however, the angle of the incline decreased from over 51 degrees to about 43 degrees. And then the sides, causing the sides to like rise less steeply. And it's known as like the bent pyramid because it looks kind of <laughs> weird. Nice. Not me realizing that we probably should have done this on stream so that you could see the visuals. <laughs> hey, that's but it's okay. fine. <laughs> Look it um, up to your own research. <laughs> that's right. 
the change in angle was probably made during construction to give the building more stability. Another great pyramid was built in Dushur, which its sides rising at an angle of somewhat over 43 degrees, resulting in a true but squat looking pyramid. You know what I really like about this realm of construction workers? What? Their absolute number one ingenuity is astounding. Truly. You know, like, and two, mathematically, like to the T, when they re- like they, th- how would they have known lest they were absolute master craftsmen that halfway up their original scale to try and make it a true quote pyramid, they were mm-hmm. like, this isn't going to work. We're going to have to we're going to have to swerve pivot. We're, this is what we're going to have to do to re equate. Yeah. You know, why do I feel like things falling apart? And then that's how they knew. Hey, I was an optimist on that one. <laughs> I mean, not to be shady or anything, but like if things aren't going the way that and thing and like you come back the next day and yes, everything sire. is like gone. Sire, half the, the step pyramid appears to have completely crushed underneath its own weight. And collapsed. Yeah. And collapsed exactly. entirely. Right. <laughs> I was just saying. <laughs> I mean, trial and error, I feel like would That's be fair. good. I mean, they probably had some, you know, knowledge of math and like yeah. the way that things fit together um, in order to create like a sound structure. Yeah. But yeah. I mean. The left side's a bit, uh, how do you say, wobbly, sire. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> It's just cool. I think that's incredible. It is. It's super cool. Um, the largest and most famous of all the pyramids, which are the pyramids that people think of when you think of the ones that are like part of the seven wonders mm-hmm. of the world. Is it seven? It's seven wonders, right? I think so. Have they yeah. upgraded it? I thought it was seven. Wonders I don't know why. Like, I just second guess myself on that, but I'm pretty sure it's seven. Are we Googling? You know, is it the seven wonders of the world? <laughs> hey, when you don't know, do your own research. Yeah, it is seven. Okay, great. Yeah, you got it. Glad I'm glad I'm not crazy. All You're right, not crazy. <clears throat> so the Great Pyramid at Giza is the 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 pyramid. The one. Um, and it was commissioned by King Snefru's son Khufu, known as um well and he has like several different names one of them is in greek we're not going to talk about that right now um <laughs> important the pyramid's base covered over 13 acres and its sides rose at an angle of 51 degrees uh and were over 755 feet long it originally stood over 481 feet high and today it's 450 feet high Scientists estimate that its stone blocks average over two tons a piece, uh, with the largest weighing as much as 15 tons. Two other major pyramids were built at Giza. Yes, what's up? Just one thing for people. I never assume anything. The reason that it is not as tall as 481 feet high anymore is because of erosion. I just wanted to put that in there. Yes, yes, that is correct. Thank you. Yeah, one little thing. 
You're a thousand percent correct. Um, yeah, because wind. Because wind. Literally. Because <laughs> wind. Um, but yes. So um, let's see. So the blocks are really big. How did they move those things? We don't know. We're gonna figure that out. Um <laughs> Two major pyramids were built at Giza, one for Khufu's son, King Khafre, and a successor of Khafre, Mekari. Um, also known, also located at Giza is the famous Sphinx, which is the massive lion with a human head um, statue, which honestly is pretty awesome. Um Usually, pyramids did not stand alone and were part of a big group of buildings that included temples, chapels, other tombs, and massive walls. Uh, remnants of funerary boats have also been excavated. Um, the best preserved ones were found at Giza and on the walls of um, um, the 5th and 6th dynasty pyramids are inscriptions known as the pyramid texts and that um, those texts are an important source of information about the Egyptian religion. Hmm. The scarcity of ancient records, however, make it very difficult to be sure of the uses of all the buildings in the pyramid complex um, or the exact like burial procedures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's thought that the King's body was brought up by boat um, up the Nile to the pyramid was mummified in the valley temple before being placed in the pier- the pyramid for burial. Fancy. Super fun. So now we're going to talk about a little bit of the construction is honestly my favorite part of this whole thing. You know what? Um what? tell me tell me something as a you're yes. a religious person in terms yes. of like your expertise. I just thought of something random and I don't even know if it's related. You know how like the Nile is like a symbol as well in like the culture. It's it's a landmark, obviously, because it's the Nile, yeah. but it's also like right. a spiritual place as well. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's inspiration for like the river sticks? Probably. You know, because they were using it say. as a burial, like part of a ritual, essentially. Yeah. And it's Probably. like crossing over to the afterlife. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and then there's that whole like Moses was found right in a basket, right? Uh, floating. It was it on the Nile or just like in a body of water? But my, no, you know, floating but down like, the Nile. Yeah. 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 Hey, that's weird. Coincidence? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I one of the things I find most fascinating, this is a quick tangent. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I find most fascinating about ancient, well, not ancient, but like religious mm-hmm. uh, scripture mm-hmm. is the fact that people who wrote it at the time didn't have the science to like back up the environment. And so a right. lot of like what was happening in the environment was also like, they're getting an explanation for God. Right. Right. right, right and right, right. so it was just, it's very interesting. Um, you know, like in our house growing up, when there was a thunderstorm, my parents would always be like, well, God must be like, uh, you know, bowling or something. Yeah, or like moving furniture. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or he'd be like taking pictures with the lightning or something like that. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like uh, similar. It's cool to like yeah. see how the environment influences religion. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's so neat. And yeah. And their interconnectedness, which is super cool also. True. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay. So let's see. So Egyptians had copper tools such as chisels, drills, and saws that may have been used to cut the relatively soft stone. The hard granite proved to be more of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um but it was still used for like the burial chamber because it was more dense and like better protection, which we find out later that it wasn't really that protected, but plot <laughs> twist, surprise. Um, workmen may have used an abrasive powder such as sand with the drills and the saws, um, you know, allowing things to be shaped a little bit better. And mm-hmm knowledge of astronomy was necessary to orient the pyramids to the cardinal points and water filled trenches probably were used to level the perimeter, which that to me is like super cool. Yeah. Um, A tomb painting of a colossal statue being moved shows how huge stone blocks were moved on sledges over ground first made slippery by liquid, which, and I mean like how many people do you think like really, (sighs) I mean, it yeah. took, I mean, 15 tons. You kidding me? Well, and you know, again, just going back to their, what I perceive to be an extremely high level of knowledge, maybe they just had the physics right. Yeah. You and know? I'm thinking like, probably there were like some round, yeah. like, uh, I don't know, logs for yeah. lack of a better term. I don't know. Right. Um, also maybe like, and animals were used to help pull things it too. could have been camels Maybe. or horses this is or... purely speculation for the yeah. listener we have no i was <laughs> no basis there. in this we're just <laughs> speculating wasn't present i'm also but yeah super excited that they were using i mean they're saying the workmen may have used a race of powder such as sand with their drills and saws yeah. it's like modern day sandpaper is essentially what it yeah. equates to. it was just, no, just exactly. amazing you know it's, it's just it's so intuitive now. I love it. I will, and I love that they used their resources. Yeah, literally, literally. Just, you know, made it Figured work it out. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the ground was made slippery by liquid. The blocks were then brought up ramps to their positions in the pyramid, and finally, the outer layer of casing stones were finished from the top down, and the ramps were dismantled as the work was completed so they started at the very tip of the pyramid like so they had like a base Mm -hmm. structure and they started at the very tip and then like kind of like shingles i imagine scaffolding yeah yeah. scaffolding you know like but you're laying shingles on the already scaffold roof basically so smart yeah yeah truly amazing yeah um most of the stone for the giza pyramids was quarried on the giza plateau uh some of the limestone brought from Tura across the night. A few of the rooms were cased with granite from Aswan. Uh, marks of the quarry workers are found on several of the stone blocks, giving the name the names of the work gangs, such as craft the craftsman gang. Um, part-time crews of laborers are probably supplemented the year round um by the year-round masons and other skilled workers. Um 
Oh, wait, never mind. I read that totally wrong. My bad. One, let's try that again. Part time <laughs> crews of laborers were also were like supplemented in addition to the year round masons. Wow. <coughs> Are you okay? Excuse me. I'm dying. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. This is not an appropriate time to do that. I'm just kidding. Blair dies in the middle of the podcast. Can I intersect just one thing? Yes, please. I was so curious when you were talking about where they got their materials from. Can I just mm-hmm. say that Oswan is currently a 10-hour car ride to Giza? That is <laughs> 873 kilometers. Okay. Wow. This is not just like a trip down denial. This is like a legitimate journey with all of these heavy pieces that have to now scale the Egyptian terrain to get to Giza for this project. Correct. And that's just one. That's just one area. Correct. Um, <gasps> wow. <laughs> yeah, they really, I mean, it takes time, right? Yeah. Like, so I don't, it's not as efficient as it would be today. Sure. Sure. I don't know how long it takes to like build the whole pyramid, but I uh, imagine it takes like a variety, like, 10 to 20 years probably for them with the technology they're using i'm gonna look up an estimate (laughs) i think it says that somewhere in here too yeah 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 it's like 15 to 30 years is the estimate yeah yeah so greek historian herodotus yeah reported in the fifth ce that egyptian guides told him a hundred thousand men were employed for three months a year for 20 years to build the great pyramid so that's the biggest one in Giza. Oof, oof, oof. Yeah. Incredible. Crazy. Also, also sad to a point because, you know. Yes. Not I mean, all of them were volunteers. Right. So that's the other thing is like, we don't really know. I mean, somebody probably does know, but right. someone who's more educated than us would know that. Yeah. Um, that, you know, not a lot of the workers that worked on the pyramids, especially the big one, um, were probably enslaved. Yeah. So uh, we would like to acknowledge that here. Absolutely. And just, you know, it's, it's very, we should, you know what we should do. Um, did we already say that we were going to do one on the great wall? No. Cause that's another one that we could do. That's similar where I was thinking the Taj Mahal too. Oh yeah. I've always wanted to go there. Heck yeah. Okay. So (laughs) we're brainstorming ideas as you're with us. (laughs) Indeed. But it's similar, right? Because realistically we know, especially with the great wall, these were not volunteers. Like it is something you were tasked to do essentially for the rest of your living life. (laughs) Right. So yeah. 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 Anyway, on that lovely note. <laughs> uh pyramids <laughs> building. Uh pyramid building was at its height from the fourth through sixth dynasties. Smaller pyramids continue to be built for more than one thousand years. Scores of them have been discovered, but the remains of others are probably still buried under the sand. As it became clear that the pyramids do not provide perspective. Per- perspection protection it. for the mummified bodies of the kings but were obvious targets for grave robbers surprise mm. um later kings were buried in hidden tombs cut into rocks and cliffs 
um, which is also kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Although the magnificent pyramids did not protect the bodies of Egyptian kings who built them, the pyramids have served to keep the names and stories of those kings alive to this day. Very dun, cute. Dun, dun. Very nice. Also, it's, you know, I think we should stop opening tombs. I really do. I feel like I it's mean, not good juju. For real. <laughs> Can for we real. just stop? <laughs> got enough going on for real all right so um that is your little blurb about egyptian pyramids we're going to talk a little bit more about the mayan pyramids now i'm so excited this is the second type of pyramid these pyramids um i love yeah and really want to go visit as well Mm um and the mayan pyramids have a little bit more of like a mysterious and like religious flavor to them so we'll talk about that there is also a lot of really hard to pronounce words in here (laughs) as expected Um, and i will do the best i can i (gasps) know like some of the mayan words are very like they have like a specific sound and i like know in my brain yeah how to do it but i can't like verbal mouth can't do it your mouth just um can i tell you how excited i am as well because i see that you have the serpent god and we talked about that in our stream when we did dragons and i was so excited that's amazing and i feel bad for not remembering that (laughs) it's okay (laughs) honestly that one that one was a lot and you called one of them slippery so it's fine i you're so correct (laughs) okay the Mayan pyramids. Twice a year, thousands of visitors crowd into the ancient Maya city of Ch- Chiclan. Chicken. It's not Chicken. Chicken. It's not chicken. <laughs> it's not chicken. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, that is hard to C-H-I-C-H-E-N say. C H I C H E N with a little um, accent mark mark over the E. And the second word to this to the city is called itza i-t-z-a with an accent mark over the a itza that's so pretty that's what i'm saying there's like a specific sound that's supposed to happen and i can't do it (laughs) mouth do the work (laughs) um located in the mexico's in mexico's yucatan peninsula in anticipation of the descent of kuklan kukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukukuk
Um, and Spanish conquistadors called it that. Nice. Yeah. Where, according to the legend, the god, the feathered serpent god, alights um, from the heavens, blesses his worshipers on earth, and then makes his way to the underworld, um, which also has a very complicated name that I will spell now. It is <laughs> I-B-A-L-B-A. Is it Shilbaba? Shibalba? Possibly. Does X make the sh noise? I have no idea. Fair. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, in reality, the setting sun during the spring and fall equinoxes casts a shadow on the northern um, balustrade of El Castillo that resembles the form of a snake slithering down the stairs. So there's an actual effect during mm-hmm. this time of year that like projects a, a snake slithering down the stairs Oof. on this day. It's amazing. Super Again, cool. Extreme ingenuity, extreme I mean, math skills, direction. Well, and like the knowledge of the poles and like <sighs> it's just amazing. All of that stuff. It is. Um you can while onlooker, onlookers observe the phenomenon on the outside, archaeologists have been exploring the inside of the pyramid for nearly 100 years. Archaeological explorations of El Castillo have revealed not only the, rub, the rubble or earth from which many Mesoamerican pyramids are built, but also two earlier pyramids and possibly an entrance to hell. Oh, well, maybe let's not go there. <laughs> so while it's pleasing in symmetry... Tidy stepped platforms and crowning temple, El Castillo, is one of the most recognizable Mesoamerican pyramids. It was probably built by the Toltec Maya between 1050 and 1300 CE. So, it, like after mm-hmm. the Egyptians. Yeah. Um, you know, not very much after. Yeah. Uh, when the rest of the Maya population was dwindling. Um, that's when the pyramids were built, apparently. Nice. Um, yes. So it's famous not only for the descent of the, um, Mayan god, serpent god, but also for its relationship to the Mayan calendar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Each of the pyramids forced has a staircase of 91 steps. The total number of steps when combined temple at its equals 365 the number of days in the maya solar solar year what, what else has 360 kirsten it's the earth year good job i'm so smart <laughs> the temple on top was exclusively by priests who performed sacred rituals at a height that brought them closer to the gods in the sky gotta watch your step up there first one's a doozy mm-hmm. Ooh. that's right um so let's see priests did one of the four staircases to reach the temple the pyramid was never meant to be entered oh in the 1930s however so Mm -hmm. it's only at this point like it was meant to be like (laughs) Mm -hmm. you go observe the sides and you looked around and that was it yeah that's why they put hell inside right so (laughs) in the 1930s however Mm. A group of excavators began 
exploring and discovered that another pyramid temple was nestled with larger pyramid. That's how. Further, <laughs> further excavations <laughs> revealed that it had nine platforms, a single stairway, and a temple containing human remains, a jade-studded jaguar throne, so-called chuck, uh, uh, which is a type of Mayan sculpture of an abstract male figure reclining and holding a bowl, used as a receptacle for sacrifices. I.e., hell, you shouldn't be in there. <laughs> Stay out. Researchers theorized that the pyramid was constructed sometime between 18 or 800 and 1000 CE in the mid-2010s archaeological Archaeological. Wow. Please hold. Rebooting. (laughs) Archaeologists nailed it. Using non invasive imaging techniques, discovered yet another pyramid buried within the two others. They theorized that it was probably built between 550 and 800 CE and may have a single stairway and an altar. So it's so like... basically the Mayans <laughs> are the Russian nesting dolls exactly of pyramids. It's <laughs> literally what it is. We'll just put this box in another box. Put that box in another box. And then I'll mail it to myself. <laughs> and I'll mail it to myself. Oh, I need to watch that movie again. Fine. Uh, I'll watch The Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> my gosh. It's kind of topical, too. I mean, I know that they weren't Mayan necessarily, but. It, I think the labored would be Peru, right? Yeah, if we Peru. had to guess, probably South America somewhere. Yeah, I wonder what Cusco's uh temple looks like. Oh, wait, we already know huge and in his face shape, indeed, which I think is yeah. you know a taste above. <laughs> it's a little narcissistic, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so. Now that we know about the rushing nesting doll temple, <laughs> um, El Castillo is unusual for having not one, but two temple pyramids inside of it. Archaeologists have found earlier structures within several American pyramids. For example, excavations of the Pyramid of the Sun in Tanakh. Teotihuacan. That's what I would say. I don't know what the H, Teotihuacan, like Tihuacan, Tihuacan. Yeah, mm. yeah, maybe. Uh, so the, that's where the Pyramid of the Sun is, um, which was constructed by an unnamed ancient culture near Mexico City around 100 CE. Found that the pyramid had possibly been built over three earlier structures so another nesting speculate doll. that rulers often constructed new buildings as means of outdoing their predecessors oh <laughs> okay so basically they were like well my pyramid's going to be bigger and it's going to go on top of your pyramid so so these were dudes okay cool just wanted to yep. clarify mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's uh, no offense to men at all it's just a joke i promise it's the patriarchy what are you going to do <laughs> um Interestingly, archaeologists working in the 1970s also found a system of caves and below the Pyramid of the Sun, which connected to the city's various underground rivers. Hmm. Doesn't this sound like an Indiana Jones movie? It do. The, dis- the discovery suggested a purposeful decision to build on that very spot. I 
unfortunately, my brain immediately goes sinkhole, uh, which right. isn't yeah. as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I, there has to be some like bedrock there somewhere. Right. Yeah. Right. You can't make a tunnel in a sinkhole. Uh, no, but a sinkhole can certainly make a tunnel out of you. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it's there's got to be like some it. firm, like, I hope it's not sinking. So no, that's tr- I wonder if they've done research on that. Well, and it could be like the cheese caves, right? So there's like <laughs> a ton of caves. That's true. underneath the ground that's true but it also happens to have water in it i don't know yeah or it I goes just, deep yeah. enough to get water maybe it could be maybe yeah. they're not vast they're just you know i don't know i don't, I don't know either scary i don't know <laughs> that spooks me a bit you know how they found Fair. like that whole environment that was in a cave like it was a whole world inside the world in this cave I did not, but okay. Oh, well, if you want a good existential crisis, I think it's somewhere in Asia, if I'm not mistaken, but it's literally a giant cave that has its own ecosystem and is almost like an entire world underground. Cool. Yeah. That's, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should do it. At, well, I'll freaking hold on. Let me get our schedule. Anyway. <laughs> To the list. To the list. <laughs> All right. I'm going to keep going while you do that. Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. Archaeologists made a similar discovery at the place where, let's see, um, at the place that I cannot pronounce, um, mm-hmm. but it, where El Castillo is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in the 2010s. Once again, using non-invasive imaging techniques, they found that what they believe to be a synote or a large sinkhole <gasps> there it is, below, the, sinkhole. <laughs> below the base of El Castillo. The depression is to the one um, the Ch- Chichen it's the Sinote Sagrado, or the Sacred Sinote, located at the city's northernmost end, um, associated with the cult of the rain gods called the Chaks, Hmm. Um, C-H-A-C. It was the site of regular offerings that included such precious objects as jade, gold, copper, as well as humans. That's terrifying. I didn't think that that Um, was considered a precious object, but okay. I know. Precious. The Sinote connects to numerous underground rivers and caves under uh, Chichen Itza's uh, limestone bedrock, a geological formation called a karst. Hmm. Um, such underground cavities were not only sources of fresh water for the Maya, but also, according to their beliefs, entrances to their version of hell. The place of fright. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Scary. Yes. So that's interesting. Yeah. And horrifying. <laughs> yeah. So in 2018, the archaeologists began exploring the under- underground water system beneath El Castillo. Um, and if the archaeologists, let's see, 
um, if the archaeologists are successful in in proving the um, C-notes existence, so the large sinkhole's existence, Mm -hmm. El Castillo would then not only have served as a staircase that brought priests closer to God, but also as a gateway to the demons of the underworld. Hmm. So it would essentially be an axis for the center of the world, uniting the earth with heaven and the underworld. El Castillo thus may have had a more significant role in the Mayan religion than archaeologists and tourists have previously thought, but such a claim requires further explanation. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. You're like right on the crux, I guess. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Like you literally have heaven and hell like right there. (laughs) They're coexisting. Yeah. That's great. Good for them. It's it's so cool. It is really cool, honestly. So that is the little bit about the Mayan pyramid at El Castillo. Um, and that's, that's literally all I have for you on that. First half done. (laughs) Check. Uh, would you like to take a break? Let's take a break. And then when we come back out a different kind of. Sounds good. I love a good pyramid, man. Every week, you listen to the MCP host roll on and on about, quote, interesting topics. And yes, I did just use air quotes for that. We are positive your listeners would come up with better topics than them. And so we are enlisting you to send them over so we can talk more about exciting things in the future episodes. We highly encourage you to do yourself and other listeners a favor and start sending good topic ideas over to MediocreContentPodcast at gmail.com. We even give you permission to slide into their DMs over on Instagram at Mediocre Content Podcast and Twitter at Mediocre Squawks. If you don't decide to send topics over, prepare yourself for continued intense mediocrity. Though honestly, it will probably be mediocre either way. Thanks for trying and good luck in the second half of this interesting podcast, air quotes still included. Secret tunnel. Oh my gosh, we gotta do it now. Secret tunnel. You're gonna be so impressed and also absolutely horrified at the same time. It's gonna be great. Great. That's how I like to be. <laughs> every podcast I want to be right day. on the edge. Every, every podcast that you do. Every <laughs> podcast that you do. I want to be on the edge of a mental breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. All right. So in the second half of this podcast, talk about pyramid schemes. <laughs> because i want to that's I love, why i love how that's what we're integrating it's so funny <laughs> you thought you knew everything about pyramids well wait this is different have you seen the tiktoker that does the pyramid scheme skits no oh my gosh she's so funny she has like this whole setup where she like she pretends to be like we clearly you don't know what it's like to be a girl boss and own your own business and be completely financially like she's just so funny and it's all satire but it's so great (laughs) i love that for her (sighs) um now since we have spoken about it 
Yeah. I'm sure that it'll show up on my TikTok. <laughs> so that's good for us. It's hurt us. It knows what to give you now. Know what you're talking about very soon. It's honestly, TikTok knows best. That's right. Um. Okay. So pyramid schemes. Hmm. Some would say, what is a pyramid scheme, Blair? What is and that? I'm going to tell you. This is based also... One of the biggest pyramid schemes that has ever happened took place in on in the financial district of New York City. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I got this information off the New York State website, Perfect. New York Attorney General's website. So it's it's um, fielded for sure. <laughs> and I just think it's funny. That they have a whole section of the attorney general's website on what is and is not a pyramid scheme mm -hmm. and like why you shouldn't do it. It was born of necessity. It really was. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> it really was. Um, okay. So a pyramid scheme is a fraudulent system of making money based on recruiting an ever increasing number of quote unquote investors investors <laughs> the initial promoters recruit investors who in turn recruit more investors and so on and so forth the scheme is called a pyramid because at each level the number of investors increase the small group of initial promoters at the top require a large base of later investors to support the scheme by providing profits to the earlier investors mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so as you get more people it becomes yeah. a pyramid shape if you were to like map it out yeah. on paper yeah. yeah yeah that's why it's called a pyramid scheme which honestly though like because it's on if you mapped it out on two-dimensional paper it should technically be a triangle <laughs> scheme not to be Science. shady but it technically should be a triangle not a pyramid guys don't know your shapes go back to geometry true. it's true <laughs> all right um okay so now with that definition in mind we're going to talk about what is multi-marketing because multi-level marketing is a little bit different but like somehow very similar lovely um to a pyramid scheme and mm -hmm. i mean no tea no shade to the people out there who are on their hustle with their LuLaRoe leggings or like whatever it is you're doing. Right. Um, if that works for you, beautiful. Beautiful. I am just here to provide the fact. Um, Multi-level marketing is of selling products directly to consumers without intermediary retail stores. Products are sold through a network of distributors or salespersons set up to resemble a pyramid. Each distributor recruits and trains additional distributors and will earn commissions on their sales as well as on the sales he or she makes. Because of their pyramidal, pyramidal structure, <clears throat> multi-level marketing companies can sometimes be called be pyramid schemes. Yeah, got to be careful. Read that line. Um, you do have to be careful. Um, I'm just now realizing that Mary Kay is a multi-level marketing and Avon as well. Mm -hmm. And Avon. Yeah. Although have you ever seen a Mary Kay? Do you know what I'm talking about? What is it? A Mary Kay mobile. Oh, so like if you like make a certain Cadillac? number, of, 
Yeah, the pink I wanted Cadillac. one so bad. If you, I know, I wanted it. They so look bad. so nice. They do. Um, <laughs> for those who don't know, if you sell a certain amount of product for Mary Kay, they will give you a pink Cadillac. And it's like top, top, like you, it's not just something that like, oh, you sold however many this month. Like you are like Becky, you, like you're just the head honcho of the neighborhood. Becky. That's the first name that came to mind. <laughs> yeah. You own the streets is yeah. basically the end all be all. It's true. Yeah, the Mary Kay streets. Yeah. Becky's in charge. Kudos to all the oh. Beckys out there. Anyway, so now. What is the difference between pyramid scheme, multi-level marketing? How come they're not the same? And why mm-hmm. is oh, legally okay? Right. A legitimate multi-level marketing company emphasizes reliable products or services. So you are getting a service mm-hmm. from the multi-level marketing company, whether it is a quality service or product that is yet to be determined. But here we are. A pyramid scheme uses products or services to disguise its quest for collecting (laughs) money from the investors on the bottom levels to pay other investors further up the pyramid. Basically, in a pyramid scheme, you're taking money from your investors to pay the top people and that's it. Mm -hmm. And the people at the bottom are thinking, oh, well... I'm like making money because I invested, but really you're just using that money to pay people who are the top people. And that's why it's a problem. Yeah. Cause it has nothing to do with product or service and everything to do with just feeding, feeding people money. And it doesn't like, that's not okay. (laughs) The, The people. And like in both of these scenarios, the people at the top, um, like the original. Yeah people who form these groups usually benefit the most either way. Right. Um, but technically with the multi-level marketing thing, at least people at the bottom are getting like product, you know? Well, yeah. Cause they're, they're like selling real product and they're like yeah. providing yeah. real service or leggings or yeah. whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Useless nonsense. Um, <laughs> I was I'm allergic to Mary Kay makeup. I don't know if I still am because I just never went back. Oh really? But yeah, it like broke me out every time. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, Pampered Chef is another good one. Multi-level marketing. What's that? Cutco. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh my gosh, I could. This is ridiculous. So when I was first looking for a job, I didn't know what this was. Um, but they sell knives, like kitchen knives. And basically what they do is they bring everybody in for an interview and they tell you how good their product is and they teach you how to sell it. And then they ask you to sell the product to them in the room to prove that you can sell. And the whole point is it is also a multi-level marketing scheme, but basically it's the same thing, but with kitchen knives. But you have like a whole demonstration. You have a suitcase of product that you have to showcase the the product mm to the customers and this is door-to-door at least it was when we were initially interviewing for it and okay so- first of all who answers their door like realistically These t- okay so uh, to be fair back then <laughs> the answer is quite often. oh oh yeah 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 no but like yeah, now, now like yeah. if you can yeah even no. if like they have the ring doorbell like yeah no there's yeah, no. no way there i'm so- opening the door 
first of all, nobody goes to their door anymore. But also, second of all, nobody answers their phone anymore, takes sales calls because you can never be too careful. And that's just the world we live in, you know, a thousand percent. So anyway, I feel like that's kind of I feel like things like that are dying out just because. Oh, yeah. It's harder to gain traction with a public who is like so used to being scammed that they just ignore it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I feel like that's why we have Wish and Timu now. Like the electronic version. (laughs) I know. Uh, But that's a different episode for a different day. (laughs) It is. It is indeed. Okay. So how can you avoid being in a pyramid scheme? The easiest way to avoid being defrauded (laughs) is obviously not to participate in any of any promotion that appears to be a pyramid scheme. Good advice. (laughs) <laughs> there are some additional tips to steer clear oh, of pyramid goodness. schemes. <laughs> I was worried. In case you were wondering. <laughs> I'm so, you know, I was worried. But this, now. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of that episode of The Office where Michael, like Jim proves to Michael that he's <laughs> in a pyramid scheme, but he yes. like doesn't understand what a pyramid <laughs> scheme is. It's great. Okay, so here's some things you can do. Gather all information regarding the company, its officers, and its products or services. Get written copies of the company's marketing plans, sales literature, contracts, etc. Avoid promoters who fail to explain their plans clearly and in detail. In particular, read the company's prospectus or other written material. And just in case the prospectus is, because I definitely it is a legal document that gives prospective investors information about the company. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand it, get someone independent of the country to ex- of the country company to explain it to you. <laughs> we are now a country. <laughs> I love yes. it. So, um, also, the type of this is just a side note. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the type of worker is very important as well, because at least some of the ones that we've encountered, they're all 1099s because they're easy to cut and create very quick contracts as they need to. So just wanted to, if you're a W-2, it's kind of more solid, Uh, not always necessarily, but. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So you mean like when you get hired on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're like trying to join a company, if they offer you a contract, just make sure you read all of that stuff and be mindful, especially in the sales world, because they do that a lot and it's just easier for them to, you know, skate around some stuff. Yeah. Okay. A second tip is to find out if there is demand for the product or service. Hmm. Is there a similar product or service on the market? If so, how well does it sell? If the promoters seem to be making most of their money by selling distributorships or a large startup inventories to new recruits, stay away. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful. (laughs) Second, third tip. Ask if you must buy a product to become a distributor. Find out if the company will buy back your inventory. You could get stuck and sold products. Mm -hmm. Legitimate companies will buy back inventory for at least 80 to 90% of what you paid. Get all promises in writing. That's the biggest piece. I I don't know if you watched the LuLaRoe uh, leggings company documentary on Mm -hmm. uh, Hulu, but... Mm -hmm. uh, 
it's wild. And <laughs> these poor women, a lot of them ended up getting stuck with like mm-hmm. 80 pairs of leggings that are not cute and smell yeah. really bad. Because <laughs> the fabric that they used, apparently, like they they outgrew their like, one of the problems is they outgrew their warehouse factory. Mm-hmm. And so they, some of the leggings were like damaged outside and like all these other things and they were still trying to sell them etc etc naturally um yeah so yeah definitely double check that yeah you don't want to be stuck with a bunch of crap that you don't want yeah i don't remember my mom sold avon for a little bit but i don't remember how much she paid but we did have boxes and boxes of stuff i'll tell you that yeah and i took most of the samples i mean that's fair as her daughter that is your obligation I was making an investment. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try the product and give yeah. honest reviews. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, beware if the startup cost is substantial. Some pyramid schemes pressure you to pay a large amount to become a distributor. What are you getting for your money? Beware prom- of promises of quick and easy and unreasonably high profits. Mm-hmm. There's the no key. such thing as a get rich quick scheme exactly and if it is it might be illegal (laughs) that's right if the distributor is providing a product for use to make a final product make sure that whatever you provide reaches the final the final manufacturer Mm -hmm. and call or visit the manufacturer for a list of customers call the customers and ask if they are satisfied with the product with the product pretty smart and the final tip uh resist the temptation to invest just because the people selling you the pro the program are friends or part of your religious or social group also solid advice indeed indeed that second to last one's really smart too like just you know if you have any doubts of where you hit in the production line always a good yeah. idea to figure out okay well where is it actually going and who's using this shit <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. and now we will talk about the aforementioned major <laughs> pyramid scheme that took place in new york city perfect i'm ready um so bernie madoff <laughs> formal government name bernard Lawrence Madoff. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> was an American fraudster Oof. and financier who uh. was the mastermind of the largest Ponzi scheme in history. Wow. Worth about $64.8 billion. Ooh, get it, Bernie. <laughs> he was at one time the chairman of the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. Madoff's firm had two basic units, a stock brokerage and an assets management business. So as the story goes, he founded a penny stock brokerage in 1960, which eventually grew to Bernard L. Madoff Investment Securities. Hmm. Um, however, <laughs> while the stock, while the stock brokerage part of the business had a public profile. Madoff tried to keep his asset management business 
low profile and exclusive. So basically the asset management business was like not doing well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then he did the penny stock brokerage in 1960, but the asset management one was like a lot of his friends mm-hmm. and a lot of family. And so, Hey, we want you because you're so good at the stock brokerage part of it. We mm-hmm. want you to manage our money. Mm, mistake so, number two. Right. And so like <laughs> by word of mouth, all of these people were like, oh, yeah, we want Bernie to like manage our money mm-hmm. um, because it just makes sense doing so well exchange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so basically he was taking all of these people's money, which mm-hmm. was a lot of money. Like all of people's retirements accounts. Ouch. And (laughs) basically not doing anything with them. Nice. He was like literally just hoarding all the money. So stealing is is what this man was doing. (laughs) And then I think he was, I don't, yeah. But basically he was just, he wasn't doing anything with the money. So then he would, um, so people would ask like, Hey, how's my money doing? Right. And he would create like fake reports. Oh, that schmuck. Right. And people lost like millions of dollars. Did they, did it say whether they ever reclaimed any of that or was it just all lost? It's all lost. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't, some people, I, I can't remember exactly what because i watched like a couple Mm -hmm. different documentaries on this Mm -hmm. and um i can't i'm pretty sure most of it was lost that sucks i know um so yeah right he employed his brother as senior managing chief compliance officer peter's daughter shana was the firm's rules and compliance officer and attorney and is now and his now deceased sons Mark and Andrew um, also had major roles at the company. Peter was sentenced to 10 years in prison in 2012. Uh, Mark tragically hanged himself in 2010 and his son Andrew died of lymphoma in 2014. Yeah. Oh man. That sucks. So, so he screwed an entire yeah. fa- he screwed his entire family. Correct. And everyone else that took took Correct. a chance on him. Oh, gross. Yeah. Yeah. That's just that's just that's just nasty. It's not good. It's not what great. An- <laughs> that is for sure. Also, what an interesting way to end a podcast about pyramids. <laughs> You're welcome. Like outside the, the pyramid here i like the way it turned um yeah that's great <laughs> you're welcome that's just thought great. i'd bring some light-hearted thievery to our podcast honestly it started in the tombs and uh it it it's still kind of the same thing honestly. it's ending in the tombs. <laughs> it's ending in the tombs <laughs> it's in the pits that's what it's in Have we gone back to the mayan hell like where, where uh. are we oh my god Oh, Lord. Well, um, be careful what you're doing with your money. For sure. And be smart out there. Mm-hmm. Get on finance TikTok. Oh, yeah. Do what you need to do. Do that. Yeah. 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 But don't join a pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> don't do it. Don't do that. The the attorney general of New York definitely <laughs> does not want you to do it. Yeah. If you go on his website, he's like, please, God, no, <laughs> please. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, uh, you guys could let us know if you have ever heard of a local pyramid scheme or if you have also been part of or heard of a multi-level uh, marketing situation that maybe we didn't name we named a couple so be interested to see what the ones were in your area and if they're still active yes. that would be cool um you can do that by sending us an email at mediocrecontentpodcast at gmail.com you can also follow us on instagram at the same and we are on yield tiktok and twitch again mediocre content podcast and don't forget to rate us five stars this isn't a pyramid scheme so feel safe to do that <laughs> yeah we i just looked today and we have two five star reviews <gasps> on spotify do we really that's so cute we do we could receive stars can i rate myself no that's cheating i can't do that <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't i just saw it on there i was like oh wow look at us look at us okay well guys thank you so much for doing that and please don't stop now if you enjoy the pod and you think others would that's the best way to do it uh word of mouth and reviews are literally the wave of the future and we genuinely appreciate it if you take the time to do it um so yeah please do uh that's also how we know even if you even like this stuff so you know there's that also five stars five stars <laughs> and uh with that i guess we'll see them next week we shall cheers cheers, cheers.